Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. The east and the west. Up north, up the down south. Live wires connect. What you got, Fiddy? All right. Well, yesterday, the talk of the show, the talk of the town, was the bombshell report that uh, Joe Person and Diana Rossini dropped for the Athletic, taking us even more behind the scenes, behind the dysfunction in the Carolina Panthers organization. Well, Person joined the Mac and Bone show earlier this morning and said he understood why Reich was pressed by David Tepper to hire assistant coaches outside of his circle. I get, uh, honestly, why why Tepper wanted to, to try to do that. Because remember what the, the criticism was of Rule and his staff? He hired all his college buddies. Yeah. All these guys with few, just a couple exceptions that didn't have much in the way of NFL experience. And so... Yeah, I went back and found some stories I was writing back in January and February last year, uh, or, or this year, last cycle, um, uh, for, from and 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 there were quotes in there that you know Tepper was using expressions like, "Hey, uh, don't let go outside of your quote circle of people," and this should be a top ten staff, and and we've got the resources to do it. Do you think it's wrong of Tepper to say, look, I've got the money, I've got the resources, the the, the money I pay you doesn't affect the salary cap? Is it a bad thing, Walker, if that's something that David Tepper is involved with in terms of the staff that Frank Wright ultimately or the next head coach puts together? We had the topic at the beginning of the show. What are the positives from David Tepper? What are the things that comfort us? And, okay, he'll figure it out at some point. One of them is the fact that he is willing to spend a lot of money. I don't think it's bad that he's willing to spend a lot of money. I don't think it's bad that he lets the coaches know, whatever you need, go get whoever you want. What I have a problem with in this entire conversation is that he is forcing Frank Reich to hire guys that he might not want to. That's my issue. If he wanted to hire a Jero Averro, if he wanted to hire Jim Caldwell, and it was going to take more money than it might for somebody else, then and David Tepper is willing to pony up for it, that's great. But if he didn't want to hire him and David Tepper is still telling you, no, these guys are celebrated, they have success with whatever role they've served in the NFL, go get them. That's what I have an issue with. Because, Wes, we can all have been frustrated by Matt Rule bringing on his college buddies, but that's how staffs work. This is what you're supposed to do if you're a head coach. You get guys that align with your vision. You trust them to coach whatever it is, whatever position, whatever side of the ball they're coaching, and you let them go to work. But if they don't share the same vision and you're forced to go outside of your circle, yeah, it sounds good to have the diversity of thought that Frank Reich was preaching this entire year. But if nobody aligns, that's how you get people questioning one another. This is how staffs work, Wes. And so whoever is the next head coach, I would like David Tepper to continue to give him all of the resources that coaches need in order to hire the staff that they want to. I just don't want you to tell that head coach who to hire. And also, too, both sides are taking a risk here because if you think about hiring somebody that you don't know onto your staff when you already have somebody else in mind, you don't know what they think about you and they don't know what you think about them and how that dynamic's going to work with personalities and philosophies and things of that nature and so forth. 
for a guy like Frank Reich when you don't let me hire, quote, my guys, and I'm going to hire somebody that I don't know. I don't know what they think about me because coaches talk, and it's a very small community. And so guys could be like, man, I've heard this about Frank Reich, or I don't like how he does stuff, but, man, I'm just going to take the job because, you know, Tepper's going to pay me all this money, and I'll come in there. And then as soon as things don't go the right way, that's when you really put the potential in there for things to go wrong and you get articles like what we got. And so that's the risk you run when you're bringing in coaches that you don't know. I'm sure that and, – and also it takes the element of being able to source to figure it out. If you are going to hire somebody that you don't know like that and you talk to a couple of guys say, man, I, you know, I'm not really feeling them like that. Um, you know, I don't know if he would be a good guy for your staff. But Tepper's sitting there pressuring you like, hey, we got to get this guy. We got to get this guy, and, and I'm going to overpay to get him. It's just a bad mix all the way around, and you get the results that you've been getting. All right, Fiddy, what else you got for us? I'm going to stick with the Joe person audio. He was asked if his – if he's worried about the confidence of Bryce Young as he's enduring a rough rookie season in the NFL. Young's got some some really good makeup. And I think that, you know, a, a change of staff, a, a fresh start, a new system, I think that will kind of like, you know, kind of rejuice him, so to speak. And, I, yeah, I mean, I don't see him really developing bad habits or anything. I mean, and the footwork stuff in the pocket was interesting, and, and they're yeah. still working on getting him a little deeper in sets, which would be helpful. But no, it's it's a good question, Bone. But I, I, I don't. I think that this this kid's resolve, I think, is good enough that um, you know he gets a different gets in a different system. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to end up being like you know the you know an MVP. But I don't think uh, I don't think this experience necessarily is going to like set it. Yeah. Wes, you touted Bryce Young the whole NFL draft process, and once Carolina went up to number one, you said he was the guy. After a one in ten start to his NFL career, are you losing confidence that Bryce Young might not be the face of the franchise for the Panthers for the next decade? Uh, not quite yet. I want to see what a good distance into year two looks like and then I can really formulate my opinion because as I said right now he just doesn't have the requisite things around him to be uh, as successful has he been close to what I thought he was going to be not quite but and he certainly had his share of mistakes and bad play but that's to be expected of a rookie and that's the thing too you know we bring up several of the quarterbacks from the past and the present that did not that did not have uh, great rookie seasons when you talk about the Trevor Lawrence's and several other guys that you can look at and so that's why I'm going to hold out because I've seen enough good from him to know that there's something there well and this is what I want to ask you in particular what's up with these deep drops in the protection man like we see that Bryce Young is on pace to be sacked the fourth most amount of times in a season compared to any other QB in NFL history how much of it is Bryce Young not helping his offensive line out with these deep drops going deeper into the pocket? And how much of it is just, oh, the interior pass protection is about as bad as it gets in the NFL? Yeah, that's the thing. And we're going to get into that even more so on, on the next segment. But, yeah, the footwork, it does matter, and especially on those drops, man. And you're seeing it from Bryce, too, is what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. And, and some of those drops, the footwork looks a little bit lazy. Uh, and also, too, if you're dropping too deep um, that can hurt and so I can certainly see some of the gripes that the coaching staff had I 
mean, these guys are experts. They're coaches. This is what they do. So if they're seeing it for sure, there's something there. Uh, I'm not going to put a huge, huge amount of blame on it. But uh, And you talked about the interior line play. I mean, that plays a, a huge part into it, too, because when you can pressure and collapse the pocket from the inside, and that's where size does come into things a little bit more when you talk about a smaller quarterback and his vision right directly in front of him is already clogged up with big bodies all over the place. Yeah, that's not going to help him at all. Yeah, I have a few more questions on that, but we can get to it when we have more time. I don't want to take any more of Fiddy's airtime away, so let's yeah, end it back to the Planet like Kia Studios. What else you got for us, Fiddy? Well, yesterday was the day that Chris Tabor, the interim head coach of the Panthers, was scheduled to meet with the media and this was an interesting question and answer I thought we got from him. He was asked if he's learned anything about the organization and his new role. What I've learned is uh, there's there's things that come across my desk uh, that maybe I, I didn't see happening. Uh, I try to get in early, write down a to-do list, and what happens is as I'm marking it out, more things come across that you don't anticipate, and then just trying to handle it properly. I think that's probably the biggest thing when you're just a position coach. You're you're in your own little world, and that's so that's that's all you think about. So uh, now you have, you have the whole thing. Uh, there could be a, a guy might you know he might have to go home. Maybe someone's sick in the family. Um, there, you might have to tend to uh, somebody else's problem, or or just making sure that you're massaging a problem uh, and smoothing it out before it becomes a, a really big problem. Walker, David Tepper said we can speculate on things. He gave us the freedom to do so, and he met with the media last week. Is that to-do list Is that that he that he didn't get when he was a position coach that he he's now going against interim? Is that coming from the owner saying, uh, hey, Chris, make sure you run that play I showed you on Sunday, my man? I like it. Yeah. <laughs> if we can speculate, if David Tepper told us himself that we can speculate, then that's the direction I want to roll. That's the direction that I want to head with David Tepper saying to Chris Tabor, hey, here's all the plays that I came up with. It's on the back of this Dunkin' Donuts napkin. Here, take it and apply it to the play sheet going into the next game. <laughs> that's what I want to see from David Tepper. And Chris Tabor, as we mentioned, made a couple of moves immediately. He got rid of Josh McCown and he got rid of Deuce Staley. And that was also something that was a little eyebrow raising when we saw that because it felt like McCown problem, Deuce Staley problem, or at least didn't share the same vision of an interim head coach, Wes, that isn't going to be here more than the six games that he's going to coach this season. Yeah, that's why some guys are made for the small chair and some guys are made for the big chair. I mean, when you're a position coach, like he said, you are off in your own zone. You're paying attention to only the things that pertain to you and your job and keeping said job. But once you get to be the head coach, you take care of everything. Everything is on your plate. We've heard head coaches talk about even having to pick Gator flavors and things of yep. that nature. So there's so much more uh, on his plate. So he's not used to that, but I'm sure he can do a good enough job for the rest of this season. All right. What else? You have any uh, any other sound bites for us, Fiddy, before we end it? Yeah. Lou, I wanted to follow up, though. What Gatorade flavor would you pick, Wes, if you were the head coach? Uh, fruit punch every time. That's what I'm on. Oh, uh, man. Fruit but, punch guy. But what about stains on the white jerseys, though? You got to think about this stuff. See, Wes? It's not all about the flavor, well, man. Well, the players need to be more cautious of their <laughs> drinking habits. <laughs> but but you got be a that face and, mask in front of your face. Like, you got a whole bunch of stuff going on. You don't want to worry about spilling. Yeah, and the frost, the the blue, the the uh, the baby blue, the Houston all the blue one. I'd go with the yellow. 
I think lemon lime. Lemon lime oh, is always God. a good way to go, too. It's a classic. Lemon Fitty. lime is a good. The, the, yeah, the classic Gatorade flavor is a holy trinity. It's fruit punch, orange, and lemon lime. I don't know why Fiddy is giving me. He just said he, he gave me the exact opposite of a sagebrush take. It was the same words, but a completely different feeling. Yeah, Instead of lemon lime, oh, is God, really good. it's oh, God. Why'd you give me the oh, God? Because lemon lime is it's just not good. Like it's. I'm literally drinking it right now. That's well, what's happening. That sounds like a you problem. The last piece of audio I want to play is from the Panthers quarterback, Bryce Young. He was asked how he blocks out all the negative noise that's coming the team's way at 1-11. Really just by putting my focus and, and attention um, in, into what I'm doing. Um, you know, a lot of time, obviously, is spent in this building and spent towards, you know, towards towards Sundays, um, you know, practices, the meetings, stuff before and after, whatever it may be. That takes up a lot of time. So a lot of that is, is done organically. And then just around that, just, um, you know, just don't really surround myself with, 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 you know, outside stuff with, with social media, with whatever it may be. Um, the times that I'm, you know, football takes up a lot. The times that I'm not, it's, you know, it's stuff that isn't really football related that my mind's at. So um, because of that, um, it, it's not not too hard for me. Wes, that answer was a lot of player speak, if you will, but it does feel like. That Bryce Young, even though he's a rookie, does a really good job not letting the outside noise impact what's going on with him inside the building. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, one of the things that he picked up from being in a program like Alabama and just the type of player that he is. I mean, Bryce Young is the type of player, as I've always championed his uh, football character. This is a guy that I think understands that adversity is a part of the game, and he knows it's something that he's going to have to deal with. And all he, for lack of a better term, getting into my coach speak here, is all he can control is what he can control. And so he knows that either way, he's going to have to step out there and be QB1 each and every week, so he needs to be prepared. I'm sorry, I got a really interesting text on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line. We need to get drum on our research okay. because Durs from Huntersville says, I'm pretty sure they're not allowed to use fruit punch flavor because it's too close in color with blood, which would make a lot of sense. Mm. L little barbaric, but it makes a lot of sense. It does.